Hello, everyone, and welcome to another installment of Podcast 360. I'm your moderator, Amanda Balby, with Consultant 360 Specialty Network. My guest today is Dr. Mark Ganni, who is an investigator in the liver diseases branch of the National Institutes of Diabetes and Digestive and Kidney Diseases at the National Institutes of Health in Bethesda, Maryland. He has been involved in viral hepatitis for the last 25 years and has served on the Hepatitis C Guidance Committee since the pre-direct acting antiretroviral era. He has also been involved with the updated direct acting antiretroviral guidance since its inception in 2013 and has been a co-chair for the past two years. In December 2019, the American Association for the Study of Liver Diseases and the Infectious Diseases Society of America released updated guidance for the testing, managing, and treating of hepatitis C virus infection. Dr. Ganni was a co-chair on the guidance writing committee. Dr. Ganni joins us today to discuss the updated guidance. Thank you so much for joining us today, Dr. Ganni. To start, can you tell us about the key changes from the last set of recommendations to this updated document? I'll just say for the audience out there that the, that the changes have now been published in uh, hepatology, um, and they're up on the um, PubMed uh, website or the journal's website, so uh, folks who want to get a little bit more uh, than what this podcast uh, may uh, state can go there and see the actual document. But to get to some of the specific uh, key updates, um, there were five, and I'll just go through them very quickly. The first and perhaps one of the most important was that the uh, guidance committee uh, now recommends uh, universal screening uh, for all individuals who are 18 and older. The second is that we have introduced uh, simplified treatment algorithms uh, for hep C persons who were previously untreated, who either don't or have uh, compensated cirrhosis. The third key change was uh, to expand the treatment indications in the pediatric population. So previously, uh, this was only for uh, adolescents, but now given additional data, the population in which uh, these drugs can be used has now been uh, lowered to uh, H3 or older. And then another big change that we think uh, is important is uh, treatment of acute hepatitis C infection. Uh, we have done away with the recommendations for waiting for spontaneous resolution to occur, and we now recommend immediate treatment. And then the final one, and perhaps maybe the most exciting, is use of organs from HCV viremic donors in HCV negative recipients. So those are the major changes to the guidelines, and I think they probably will have a significant impact on the management of hepatitis C. And in particular, four of the changes, that's the first four that I mentioned, universal screening, the simplified treatment algorithms, expansion of care in the pediatric population, and acute HCV infection are meant to increase the number of patients who are treated for hepatitis C to align with the WHO and uh, NASM goals for eliminating hepatitis C as a cause of viral hepatitis and liver-related morbidity and mortality by 2030. 
Great, absolutely. Now let's talk a little bit more about the research behind these changes. What research influenced these updates and why is this research important in today's medical landscape? Maybe the way to approach that is to look at them individually. So the guidance committee has been discussing for quite some time about expanding the indications for testing for hepatitis C. So maybe just to take a step back and maybe give some historical perspective to put things in context might provide clearer understanding of how the committee came to this recommendation. And once we understood what the risk factors were for hepatitis C, the CDC uh, came out with recommendations for risk-based screening. And while highly sensitive at picking up cases of persons infected with hepatitis C, there were a number of both patient and physician barriers that prevented this from being a successful approach to identifying patients with chronic hepatitis C. And then I believe it was in 2013 that the CDC updated their recommendations to birth cohort testing because of research done by them showing that 75% of cases within the U.S. population were born between 1945 and 1965, the so-called birth cohort. And it was the screening recommendations were updated to then recommend one-time testing for persons who were born between that time period. However, more recent research has shown that since 2014, there's actually been an uptake in the incidence of cases of acute hepatitis C in the United States. And this is largely related to the opioid epidemic and the use of needles. As a consequence of this, the population affected here were actually much younger than the birth cohort between age 20 to age 40. So this population would have been missed by the uh, birth cohort screening. In addition to that evidence, there's been a number of cost-effective analyses uh, looking at treatment in uh, different populations with hepatitis C, including um, the primary care setting, correctional settings, and the prenatal clinics, showing that a strategy of universal HCV screening in the context of highly effective DEA therapy made it cost-effective to identify patients and treat. And as a consequence of this, the panel's uh, thinking has evolved and recommended that universal screening uh, should be implemented to enhance HCV case finding, uh, particularly among the persons not covered by the birth cohort and to align, as I mentioned earlier, with the WHO and NASM goals of Eliminating HCV is an important public health problem by the year 2030. So that's that was the, the thinking behind the recommendation for universal screening. And indeed, the CDC and the U.S. Public Health Task Force has uh, sent off um, draft recommendations basically proposing similar recommendations of universal HCV screening among adults. Now, the CDC recommendations are similar to that of the uh, HCV guidance committees, uh, but the U.S. Public uh, Services Task Force, they recommend screening patients only 18 to 79 years. 
the ASLD IDSA guidance document differs in that they do not recommend an upper age limit uh, because of the excellent quality of life that persons over age 79 experience here in the United States, as well as uh, the known association between advanced um, age and more rapid progression of uh, hepatitis C. That was the evidence behind universal screening. And then similarly, the rationale for moving towards uh, simplified treatment algorithms for the previously untreated patients with hepatitis C followed a sort of similar logic. We know that the only way that you can increase the number of persons uh, treated in the U.S. is to increase the number of treaters. And there have been several studies uh, showing that non-experts, that is gastroenterologists, hepatologists, infectious disease physicians, that other healthcare professionals, including internists, nurses, nurse practitioners, pharmacists, who have the requisite uh, education and experience in taking care of patients with hepatitis C can actually get similar eradication rates with DAA therapy as compared to experts. So with this data, it was clear that we could expand the number of persons who treat hepatitis C to include not just experts, but people who are other healthcare providers to patients with hepatitis C and have the requisite uh, knowledge uh, in treating uh, patients. So as a result of this, the guidance committee um, put together uh, two simple treatment algorithms uh, to treat patients who were previously untreated who either do not have cirrhosis or have uh, well-compensated cirrhosis. And these simplified treatment algorithms can be found both on the um, HCV guidance website as well as in the recent update that was published in uh, Pathology. And it's uh, we've tried to make it very simple. So it's a one-page uh, document. And it basically indicates who is eligible for simplified treatment, who is not eligible for simplified treatment, the steps you have to take for the pretreatment assessment, and they're all listed there in bullet form, and it's pretty straightforward. And then we recommend which regimens should be used, and it's essentially the two pangenotypic regimens, glucaprovir and pibrintasvir and sofosfavir and velpatasvir. Very, it indicates what on-treatment monitoring is required and then post-treatment assessment. So I would encourage persons listening to the podcast to familiarize themselves with this document. And it's printed on a single page, so you can print it off the website. It actually, we hope, um, will lead to an uptick in uh, treatment of patients with uh, hepatitis C. And then the third group was uh, expanding treatment in the pediatric population. And in uh, 2019, the FDA approved uh, glucaprovir and piperintasvir for adolescents 12 years and older, uh, or those weighing more than 45 uh, kilograms. And uh, they also approved uh, ledipasvir and sofosavir for children aged three years and older as well as approving weight-based sofosavir and ribavirin uh, for kids three years and older for genotypes two and three. So uh, given these 
approvals, this allowed us to expand the number of uh, kids who could be treated with a direct-acting antiviral agent. And I should say as an aside that at the ASLD meeting last November, important data was presented on the two pan-genotypic regimens, sofosfavir and velpatosfavir, and glucaprovir and pibrentasfavir, showing equivalent efficacy in uh, children aged 3 to 11 years as compared to adults. Uh, and we're anticipating that in early 2020 that the FDA is probably going to approve these regimens for that age group. So we'll be able to treat uh, all children uh, between the ages of uh, 3 and 18. And then finally, for acute HCV infection, the guidance committee based its recommendation on immediate treatment based on two uh, key important um, studies. And one were studies showing a reduction in HCV incidence and prevalence among populations at a higher risk for acquiring hepatitis C, uh, that is, persons who uh, inject drugs and um, men who have sex with men, uh, when they had immediate access to HCV therapy. And this was one of the driving forces for making this recommendation to treat immediately as opposed to a period of waiting to see if spontaneous resolution would occur. The other reason was that the experts on the guidance committee felt that treating immediately would actually reduce the number of patients who were lost to follow-up uh, during this waiting period of observation to document spontaneous clearance. So we, th we believe that these two factors were the, the, the biggest reasons for making the recommendation to treat acute HCV infection immediately. And hopefully this will lead to a decrease in the uh, incidence of uh, hepatitis C by preventing transmission from persons with acute hepatitis C to uninfected uh, persons. Mm -hmm, absolutely. So overall, what would you say is the key take-home message for healthcare providers? So if we can synthesize all that we've just talked about into a single take-home message, I think it would be, you know, the goal should be to identify and treat uh, all persons uh, with acute and chronic HCV infection uh, because of the numerous uh, health benefits the treatment provides. And this includes reduced rates of liver-related mortality, all-cause mortality, cirrhosis, and hepatocellular carcinoma. And it's also important to remember that in addition to the liver-related benefits, there are also a number of non-hepatic benefits that uh, treatment provides in terms of uh, reducing uh, rates of cryoglobulinemic uh, vasculitis, uh, HCV-related non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, and cardiovascular uh, benefits shown by long-term follow-up cohort studies. Again, the take-home message is that we should be trying to identify all cases of hepatitis C in the U.S. population and to uh, treat as many of these uh, cases as we can to reduce the morbidity and mortality associated with this disease. And there's very 
I think, uh, compelling evidence showing the benefit of treatment. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. That's a great way to summarize today's chat. Thank you so much for sharing your insights with us today. Well, thank you, Amanda, for um, um, allowing me to uh, provide you know, an update on the HCV uh, guidance document, and I would encourage uh, all listeners to uh, familiarize themselves with the document, and in particular, to remember, I think, um, the, the the two key changes, uh, one is that we now recommend universal uh, screening uh, for all persons age 18 years and older and to um, familiarize themselves with the simplified uh, treatment algorithms, which hopefully uh, will allow more patients with hepatitis C to be treated because this is really uh, the goal of this guidance to uh, test and, and treat. So thank you again so much for allowing me the opportunity to discuss these new updates.